There's only one road into Key West, but you won't believe where it can take you. Travel back in time to a city rich with history. Discover amazing artists and musicians. Taste seafood fresh off the boat, or just kick back and soak up the island vibe. For more about Key West, visit flakeys.com. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at bullrunfestivaloflights.com. That's bullrunfestivaloflights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive-through light show. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let me do my job tonight. Let me unwrap you and unlock you. Lift your Bible. Let's make our confession of faith together. It's on the screens. One, two, ready, read. I'm unconditionally loved by God and at Harvest Church. I'm in my year of acceleration, accelerated progress, accelerated faith. This year, all I do is win. In Jesus' name, Selah. One scripture I want to look at. Stay standing for a second. 1 Corinthians 12, 11. I'm going to do part two tonight. Unwrapping your spiritual gifts. I'm going to move expeditiously, so I need you to get in where you fit in, which is right here and swim with me fast. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, church peoples, brethren, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. New King James says it like this. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. If you grew up where I grew up, it's not ignorant, it's ignorant. Okay, lay your hands on yourself. Say tonight, ignorance will leave. Gifts will be revealed. Things will be clear. You will be unwrapped. For the last year of your life has your treasure not been open. There is a treasure in you. Lessons from your losses, wisdom from your wounds, and your spiritual gifts. You've waited your whole life to get to this place, and now is the time for the saints of the Most High God to rise up and possess the kingdom. That's who you said I am and what you said I can have. Ready? Set? Go. Give him glory. I said, give him glory, Wednesday. You can be seated. I want to jump right in this. We're in this series, as you know, called the Holy Spirit, which is the God in you. And I want to encourage you to catch up on the first few messages on YouTube, Facebook, or even auto message on our mobile app. There is a treasure in you. Say, there's a treasure in me. 
You've learned that's the lessons from your losses, the wisdom from your wounds, and your spiritual gifts. We've learned, and many of you, this phrase is really a sticking with you because it's explaining a lot of your life, even since you were a child, even since you came out of your mother's womb, even since you were sold, uh, given away, abandoned, thrown away, given up on, left, rejected, uh, dejected, thrown out, put down, put away. Uh, you were afflicted because you are, in fact, gifted. Wherever you find your affliction, that is a revelator to you as it relates to where you are gifted. And we looked at several examples in the scripture. Timothy, who's gifted as an apostle, well, his affliction is that he would now have to be abandoned. Why? Because uh, watch this. Timothy, his job was going to be to lay foundation. Well, in order to lay foundation, the only affliction that will work against you is if your foundation, watch this, isn't laid for you. So when his father is nowhere uh, to be seen in his life, Timothy now has got to go up for the first 16 or so years of his life asking this question, why me? What's wrong with me? Why didn't he want me? Why did he throw me away? Why does he do this for them but he don't do it for me? Why, 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 why? His mother uh, was a Hebrew. His father, Timothy, uh, was a Greek. In other words, his mother, let's contemporize it, was church. His father was unchurched. So Timothy was abandoned by the man that should have been there for him so that Timothy wouldn't have a foundation. So because Timothy would be, watch this, gifted to lay foundations, Timothy was afflicted in his foundation. Listen to me. Wherever you are afflicted, you need to stop complaining and you need to open your eyes wide. Touch your name and say, open your eyes. You need to open your eyes and look at that place of affliction and say, there's a gift there. Because if there was no gift there, there would not be an attack there. If there was not something great there, there would not be an attack there. I've never seen a bank robber break into an empty bank. You know why? That's stupid. So which means the devil wouldn't have come against you and messed with something that was in your life unless he knew there was something of value there. Could it be you're not as jacked up and as messed up as you think you are, but there's something about you you haven't even learned about your how I was afflicted because I'm gifted. I said, hollow it, not say it to me. You're still here. No, no, no. We learned this. Spiritual gifts must be desired. Desire is shown when you're serious about being developed. Most of you, your problem is you want to be discovered. <laughs> God is not into that. You're looking for your big break. You're trying to build your brand. And God says, I'm not into that. God says, I am into things being developed. Got it? Desire for spiritual gifts, and I'm just repeating what I've already talked. Desire for spiritual gifts is shown when you're serious about being developed. Say, I'm serious about being developed. Because God wants to use you to influence one of seven spirits of society, a family, okay, all right, media, all right, Church, arts and entertainment, government, education, and business. You're in one of those spheres with the ultimate goal of building God's church. That's the only thing Jesus is building. Jesus says, on this rock, I will build your business. No. On this rock, I'll build your family. No. On this rock, I'll build your 401k. No. On this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If hell is prevailing, it's proving to you you're not building the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because hell never prevails against the church. Hell may shake it. Hell may try to start stuff. Hell may show up as a Jezebel. Hell may act crazy as a leader. Y'all not talking to me. But one thing hell can never do is prevail against the church. 
That's what Jesus is building. You're in one of those seven spheres already to build the church. So then secondly, we learn spiritual gifts must be developed. Developed means to be changed, to be stronger or more useful. And you can only be developed to the level you're submitted. Most people will never be what they could be because they will not be developed. They think they're ready for something they're not ready. Song says, seems like you're ready, but that don't mean you're ready. Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all do. Okay? Watch this. Just because, watch this. You, you, the prodigal son, you don't know what the word prodigal means in Greek, the language of the New Testament. It means soft, undeveloped. The prodigal son said, I'm ready for something that his daddy knew you're not. What's proof he wasn't ready? He didn't know what to do with what he got. He got, watch this, he was made wealthy in an instant. And he lost it quickly because he didn't know what to do with it because he was soft and undeveloped. Here's what you need to know. Do not despise being developed. If God only intended for you to succeed for a short amount of time, your development would only be a short amount of time. Because he intends for you to succeed a long amount of time, your development's going to take more time than somebody that's going to be a shooting star. You're not listening to what I'm saying. See, sometimes you say, God, what's taking so long? Why am I this? Why am I that? And God says, baby, you better learn how to endure the process of development because you're not a shooting star. When you get to the top, you're going to stay up there and not fall like some other people. Slap your neighbor. A high five. Say, don't despise development. No, don't ever despise being developed. Don't ever uh, despise when you've got to go through different things to pr pr prove you and to process you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can only be developed to the level you are submitted. Here's submission. Submission begins where agreement ends. Got it? Here's what I discovered about church folk. Y'all play submitted. What I discovered about many people and even some leaders, I need to tell you now, there's some changes coming by the time 2019 get here. Because where I haven't seen submission, please understand, we're going to get somebody in there that can get the job done. That's the name of submission. Ain't going to have no mess around here. Say amen to that. Amen. I was looking at your faces to make sure you said amen. <laughs> Look, many people play submitted until they don't want to do something. And then their lack of submission is made clear in one statement. Submission begins where agreement is. You're not even submitted to God until you're told to do something you don't want to do. You're not submitted to God because, what's the Bible loves a chill forgiver. So when you're like, praise God, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited. Okay, that's great. What about when the seed challenge come and it's everything you got? What happens when the seed challenge come and it's everything you got? What happens when the seed... <laughs> Submission says, I yield to the will of who I'm serving. And it doesn't matter what I think or what I feel because what I think or what I feel do not matter because submission bows the knee. That's real submission. Got it? And that's the extent to which you can be developed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you single ladies, you wonder why you can't get, watch this, the type of man you pray for is because you're not submitted for that type of man. You want a king. Kings don't tolerate mess. You ain't saying nothing, and I'm not liking the fact that you ain't saying nothing. You talking about, I just want a godly man. Godly man ain't going to tolerate all this here. All that ain't going to happen. 
See, y'all don't like it, but, I, but it's right. Touch the neighbor and say, but he's still right. So for you men, you talk about, I just want a godly spouse. You're not submitted for that type of woman. You can't reap what you haven't sown. You're trying to reap submission. You don't sow submission. You won't even follow your pastor. Why in the world do you think she'd listen to you? Let me get behind the pulpit. Amen. You can only be developed to the level you're submitted. Okay? Stop talking about who you're over. Who are you under? What are you under? I'm over this. I'm over this. I'm in charge of this. I'm in charge of this. I'm in charge of this. The Bible says only a fool would give somebody something who hasn't been faithful with another man's. See, submission says, how do you watch this serve another man's vision? How do you serve another man's vision? How, how do you serve something that belongs to someone else? Some of you are praying to be business owners, and God's answer to you has been, for real? Watch this. Here's why. Because he says, how do you serve, watch this, the company that pays you now? You can only be developed to the level you can be submitted. And the third point, the third point, because y'all getting kind of quiet on me. Third point, spiritual gifts must be deployed. Deployment means you got to be used. First Peter 4.10. As each one has received a gift, minister or deploy it is what that really means to one another. Serve one another. Okay? Touch the name and say, I'm supposed to serve you. Here problem we got is that everybody wants to be served. Very few people want to serve. But I declare that in your life, you've got the heart of a servant, which means whatever it takes, that's the heart I got. Whatever it takes, that's what I'm willing to do. Whatever I got to do, that's what I got to do. Jesus says the greatest amongst you would be the what? Servant. The servant. That's the greatest one. The one with the toilet brush, with the apron on. With the grease coming down their hair to the side, messing up their edges. <laughs> Jesus says, that's the greatest. The one that does what it takes. You know what a real servant does? A real servant says, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. And have you noticed, watch this. I, I, um, I like good service. I get good service. I like good service. Um, so when I go to certain places, uh, I look for who goes above and beyond. And when they go above and beyond, I go above and beyond. Got it? Okay. And then when they got attitude, <laughs> I have a very good tip. Fix your attitude next time you see me at the table. Selah. <laughs> now, check this out. When God sees you serving and going above and beyond, heaven looks at you and says, well, we're going to go above and beyond for you. Watch this. Watch this. Touch your name and say, watch this. Heaven serves you the way you serve heaven's agenda. Let's say it again. Heaven only reciprocates what you give it. How do you know, Bishop? Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What's the concept? What I do here activate something up there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Okay, so spiritual gifts must be what? Desire. They must be developed. They must be deployed. Now, we learned that spiritual gifts is a supernatural ability to do God's work for his glory. Spiritual gifts aren't titles nor positions, although they can lead to that. They aren't to be shown off. Sometimes in church, especially if you grew up in church, is you learn to show off gifts. Okay, so it's about, look, flashlight, look at me, look at how gifted I am. Now watch me prophesy. (laughs) Now watch me speak in tongues. My tongue is faster than your tongue. I think you're more spiritual. They are not for show to impress nobody. To touch touch yourself. Say, this is not a show. Okay, watch this. And they are not talents. You can learn to be talented. You cannot learn to be gifted. So if you grew up in church, people say, I have the gift of music. That's not a gift. That's a talent. You can learn to get better. Please understand, you can get on YouTube, and, and you learn a whole lot. If you don't get on YouTube, you can learn one key, and there's a button on the keyboard called the transpose button, and you can play in every key that there is. I heard that you can do this. I hear what I'm saying. Okay? So what you're talented to do isn't a gift. Okay? I have the gift of rap. Okay? That's not a gift. You can speak real fast and rhyme. It's a talent. You know what I'm saying? Okay? I have the gift. Watch this. I have, a, I have the gift of love. <laughs> Love ain't no gift. <laughs> that ain't no gift. Love is a command. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, I have to love you. That's a command. <laughs> By your love for one another, this is how they'll know that you are mine. I have to love you. Now, I ain't got to go nowhere with you. I ain't got to sit at the table with you. <laughs> I ain't got to eat with you. See, some of y'all think that love means relationship. Whoa, wait a minute. Some of y'all think that love means fellowship. I can love you and not have anything to do with you. I can love you from over here, but realize you're crazy. So I'm going to let you keep crazy over there, and I'm going to stay right chill. Chill, that's an urban colloquialism for here. Right, chill. <laughs> y'all here. All right, so, so, so check this out. Spiritual gifts must be what? Desire, develop, deploy. So, Spiritual gifts are in three groups, and we got into this a little bit last week, and we ran out of time, so that's why I'm moving quick tonight. They're in three groups, motivational gifts, manifestational gifts, five-fold gifts. Say those three words with me. Motivational gifts, manifestational gifts, five-fold gifts. All right, and so we started looking at these last week, the manifestational gifts. They are gifts that manifest. Uh, they are literally, in the Greek, it is this word, phanerosis. It means a flash. It's like a flashlight. It's to show something that, watch this, has been hidden. These are gifts that manifest at the discretion of the Holy Spirit, okay? If you were here on, uh, for our, if you're part of our dream team, and you're here at dream team, our last dream team party of the year, you saw this in action, right? You always see this in action when the dream team is together because the dream team comes ready, we don't need no songs. We don't need no, we don't need a, the dream team coming. I can say Jesus. Hallelujah! I mean, they, they here and they going. Now, the manifestation gifts of number one is prophecy. This is to foretell and foretell. Prophecy is to foretell and foretell. Okay? To foretell is to tell of something that is to come. To foretell is to speak something into existence to come. To foretell is something already scheduled that's on the way. Foretell is to schedule it. Okay, that's prophecy. Second of these is word of wisdom. Word of wisdom is how knowledge is best applied. So word of wisdom will manifest like this. When a word of wisdom manifests, a word of wisdom uh, will come in and say, all right, listen, you're going to meet Susan, and then when you meet Susan, give Susan this, that, and the other. It's telling you how to apply a particular piece of knowledge. 
heavyweight at Dream Departed. You saw this in action. Okay. All right. The next, y'all with me? I'm moving fast so that I don't run out of time like I did last week. Is the word of knowledge. That's supernatural knowledge. Word of knowledge is there's no way I would know this information unless there was a supernatural way it was revealed. Okay. So word of knowledge will call out your house, two, two, four, thus and so. All right. All right. And then that's it's supernatural. There's no way to have known that. You saw this at our dream team party. I called out a name when I was doing a particular call. And the person that was standing actually right here in this particular place looked at me and said, Bishop. And, and said that was the name that I said. Got it? It was in action. Okay. A supernatural knowledge. It's nothing somebody could know because they Googled you. <laughs> they wouldn't know it because they've been on your Facebook profile. Okay. Because you got a whole lot of. Foolery these days. When people talk about the Lord gave me a word. Did the Lord give you that or did you just go look me up? You see what I'm saying? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Watch this. The next is the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is different than having faith. The Bible says that God has given us all the measure of faith. Somebody say, I already have faith. The Bible tells us what that measure of faith is. It says it's a mustard seed. So we all have that measure of faith. And the Bible says that a mustard seed, although it's the smallest of seeds, one of the smallest of seeds, that when it's planted, it grows and grows very significantly, very quickly. Now, what's significant about that is that God's given us all that measure of faith. Do not know that to be an atheist is to have faith. People say, I don't believe in nothing. No, yes, you do. It takes belief in nothing to believe in nothing. I don't believe in nothing. No, you believe in nothing. No, it takes faith to do that. It takes faith to think that this is all an accident. In fact, I think people who are atheists have more faith than we do. It takes faith to believe that some soup turned into a cell that turned into a monkey that turned into a human that turned into a world and then we and, and that came from some soup. Well, who put the soup there? I ain't seen no monkeys transforming. I watch a lot of Discovery Channel, and let me tell you, I ain't never seen now one of them monkeys on there transforming. They said, well, it takes millions of years. Shouldn't there be one that's at least midstream in its transformation? Or just one. I don't need to see a lot of them. I just need to see one. It's crazy. I think that takes more faith than it does to believe in Jesus. I think that takes a lot of faith. So let's get this straight. So, so there is no God. And soup, <laughs> primordial soup, was it egg drop, wonton, what was it, hot and sour? I mean, soup <laughs> turned into, <laughs> so a cell came in, well, where did a cell come from? <laughs> well, 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 then who put the soup there? I don't know about you, but my soup don't just appear on my table. Somebody got to put it there. Y'all not saying nothing? Well, it was a big bang. Well, well, who shot the, who shot? Who was shooting? It's a big bang. Well, who started the bang? Watch this. A bang means a collision. Check it out. So who put the two things in motion so that one would collide with the other? It takes too much faith to believe that. Jesus is way easier. Touch your neighbor and say, Christianity is easy. This is easy, man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, he put himself in a body and decided that because you and I would never be able to live a perfect life, that he'd come and live a perfect life so that if we received him, we'd receive life as if he lived it. Therefore, through him, we'd receive imputed righteousness. So then I would be able to walk by faith, not by sight, not because of every good thing I've done, but because of the one great thing he's done. That's easy to believe. 
I think you're crazy, me personally. Some soup. Into some monkeys. Into some humans. And there's not one that's in the middle of transformation. Not one. And then they'll post pictures. See, look, here's evidence because he was brushing his hair. Somebody say, that's a mess. It takes faith. It takes faith to believe that. The gift of faith is different than the faith we have to believe. You not know it takes the same amount of faith to believe something negative as it does to believe something positive. The faith you believe for God to get through and to work for your favor is the same amount of faith that takes to, takes to not believe that. See, you thought when we talk faith that it only worked one way. Somebody, watch this, not you, your spiritual, but your neighbor, they have so much faith, watch this, in their failures that every time they get ready to succeed, they self-sabotage because their faith is in their, watch this, in their inability instead of their ability, which is why you got to be like the Apostle Paul. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which means, watch this, may have taken some L's earlier this year, but baby, uh, that was then and this is now. I can do all things. Somebody say that, I can do all things. Now, what does all things mean, church? All things. Faith here is different than the gift of faith. The gift of faith works like this. It's the ability to believe God to act supernaturally at times of special need or opportunity. Okay? When Joshua's fighting his enemies, Joshua, he, he started whooping them real good too. And Joshua says to God, he said, God, he said, let the sun stand still. Why, Joshua? I'm not done whooping them. I like Joshua. Joshua was a straight up G. Joshua was a fighter. Say he's a fighter. Here's what Joshua did. What Joshua did, Joshua said, listen, I'm not done fighting my enemies. So can you please cause the sun to stop moving so that it'll be bright enough for me to see them? Because for all the hell they didn't put me through, I'm going to put them through some hell. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They'll throw the verse up for you so you can see it. It says this in Joshua. It says, at that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord. Watch this. Uh, uh, watch this. Say, Lord, give me the gift of faith to believe for something big over the next seven days. Let me show you. Let me show you. You're playing, you're playing with it. You're playing with it. Say, Father, give me the gift of faith to believe for something big over the next seven days. See, listen, you need to realize if he did it for Joshua, he'll... Watch. The gift of faith gives you the ability to believe for something you've never seen done before. At that time, Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, son, stand still <laughs> at Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. Next verse. And the sun did what? And the moon what? Now, if you don't shout off of this, you just can't shout. Until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. God says, I'm not going to let this year close out until you didn't whoop the head of every single enemy that has come against you. What's an enemy, Bishop? Anything that opposes your forward progress. Tell a son, stand still. 
verse, it says, <laughs> is this not written in the book of Jasher? The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set about for about a day. Go to the next verse. There has been no day like it before or since. Watch. When the Lord heeded the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for, say your name. Watch. Watch. Watch this. Watch this. Joshua had never seen anybody stop the sun or stop the moon. But the gift of faith gave Joshua the ability to do something that had never been done before. Watch this. And it worked. <laughs> the gift of faith will give you the ability to do something you have never done and watch it work. If you can't believe for yourself, at least believe for the person on your left and your right. Say, the gift of faith be unto you. The gift of faith. God's going to give you the ability to believe for something you've never seen done before. You ain't never seen $30,000 worth of debt canceled in 36 hours. But some, but somebody say, Lord, give me the gift of faith. It's the ability to believe him to get something done that ain't never, you've never seen before. That's what the gift of faith is. To get the faith ain't about paying the rent. Get the faith is about owning the building. Get the faith ain't just getting the phone bill paid. To get the faith is open up your own chain of stores. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Something you've never seen done before, and it works. Joshua said to the son, don't move. I'm not done fighting. Sometimes, watch this, God prolongs things. This is for somebody. Because God says, if I ended it now, you would be in the losing column. I'm letting this drag out so that you'll be the winner. To everybody who feels like, God, what's taking so long? Could it be that God's letting it drag out so that you will have the ability to be declared the winner? Sometimes if he ends it too soon, you'll be the one coming up short. But if he drags it out a little bit, you'll be the one that's winning. Somebody holler, I win. Say every time, all day, every day. Now here's, here's next. Here's next. I got to move. Gift of healing. Believe God to heal and to be the instrument of healing. Okay? Sickness isn't God's desire nor his design. Okay? All right? So, gift of healing is to believe for it and then be the instrument of it happening. What does that mean, the instrument? You believe for it, you pray for it, it happens. It's very simple. So, that's healing. Healing here deals with the body, but it, it transcends the body. You can be healed in your soul. Most of your physical sickness comes from soul issues. Your soul, your mind, thoughts, will, and emotions. Most of physical sickness, they, they will tell you. We got a lot of medical professors. All my medical professors back me up. I'm a doctor, but not that type of doctor. So y'all back me up. Even if I ain't right, y'all say I'm wrong. You know, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just playing. Um, stress will create a sickness that was not there. Because stress creates, am I right? Stress creates oxidation in the body. So the body begins to rust from the inside out. Am I telling the truth? So a lot of times you're saying, I need healing in my body. Really, you need healing in your soul. Got it? A lot of times you carry bitterness and it comes out in how you act. Sometimes you'll have issues with people that didn't do anything to you. Watch this. You did something. But now you'll say, I got an issue with this person because you have an unresolved soul issue. 
So you'll have an issue with your boss, an issue with your pastor, an issue with your leader, an issue with the person sitting next to you. You'll be like, I just don't like what they, they ain't done nothing to you. You the one that done done something. But because you have an issue in your soul, it's now creating an issue, watch this, with who you going to need. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The next is the gift of miracles. Let me move so I don't run out of time. Miracles. It's God's instrument in supernatural activity. Okay? This ought to be our natural, the supernatural. That should be our natural. A miracle is only needed when there's an impossible situation. So here's how miracles work. Say miracles. Miracles work this way, that when you need the impossible, got it? God says, you only need a miracle when there's an impossible situation. So when you need the impossible, I will give you the ability to make it happen. So much so, I'll make it a gift. I need you to catch that. Because sometimes people say, I just don't know. I just don't know. I've just been believing God for a miracle. I've just been believing God for a miracle. I'm just, I don't know what the Lord going to do. God says, listen, listen, you got to get into a place. Well, there's some other folk that can get with you and believe with you for the miraculous to manifest for you. Because it's not, it's not hocus pocus, it's a gift. Say it's a gift. That's why if you go read the praise reports in the, in, the, in the Harvest app, you'll see all of the testimonies of miracles happening. Why? Because the gift is in the house. <laughs> Ooh. Say the gift's in the house. Say whatever miracle I need is in this atmosphere. <laughs> Say the gift rests here. <laughs> Let me prove it to you. Some of you had impossible situations, watch this, that are only a memory now. They're only a memory now because the gift did what it's supposed to do. And when the gift is working, what looked impossible will become possible. And you'll look back and say, well, I'm honest, I don't even really know how I got through it. I don't know how I made it. I don't know how I overcame it. But it's because the gift was working. All right, here's the next one. Let me move on one time. Here's the next one. Here's the next one. Uh, to discern spirits. This is where I ran out of time last week. To discern spirits. To discern the why behind the what. To discern God from evil. Works of the flesh from works of the spirit. It's the why behind the what. To discern spirits. Discernment is not discrimination. So sometimes people say, you know, I don't, you know, I don't really like X type of person. I just, I just, there's something about them I don't like. Okay, well, that could just be discrimination because when you were 17, somebody that looked just like that hurt you. So now you're talking about, I, I got, I got discernment. No, you are a discriminator. Okay. Discernment is the ability to see, watch this, what can't clearly be seen by the naked eye. Discernment can sense, watch this, when you sit next to somebody with a foul spirit. Say amen. Discernment can sense when you sit next to somebody with a foul spirit. Watch this. And discernment will say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I don't know what her problem is or his problem is, but I didn't come to play games, and I didn't come to have my breakthrough blocked by who I'm sitting next to. See, discernment can do most of its work, watch this, without ever having to reveal its hand. See, the gift of discernment, the gift of discernment, the gift of discernment can recognize and then quickly deal with. It quickly apprehends. Discernment is like the secret service, whereas discrimination is like the police force. 
if I'm going to juxtapose the two. One is very, very visual. They have a badge. They have cars. They got life. Secret service, they, they, they know all that. They're keeping it cool. Discernment just, which, Father, in Jesus' name, I bind that spirit of that manipulating witch who's trying to stir up strife in this organization, strife in this church, strife in my family. In the name of Jesus, I bind that witch in Jesus' name. Because discernment recognizes some spirits want to be confronted because they want attention. Some spirits, when you discern them, you don't confront them because they want attention. They want to act a fool. They want to sing. They want to have drama. They want that. So when you have discernment, discernment will say, oh, I'll just handle that right over here. Some of you, you, you don't have discernment. You have drama. Dra all drama is is unhealed stuff on stage, on display. Discernment recognizes you ain't even worth all that. Now, I'm going to pray about you and move on to the next thing. Say discernment. Now, here's the cool thing about gifts. Gifts can be asked for. Got it? Gifts can be received. Gifts can be imparted with the laying on of hands. Paul said, store up the gift of God that's in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul said, you didn't have this gift, but you want it? Okay, good. Father, give it to him. Okay, watch this. Say, Lord. I ask for the gift of discernment, not discrimination, but discernment to see what's behind it. And discernment doesn't make you weird. I need to deal with this for about 20 seconds. Some people, it's about, you know, I just, I just, you know, I just got the gift of discernment, Bishop. And then, okay, watch this. Did you discern you? Because you operate out of order. So the first thing you should have discerned was you. Before discernment checks somebody else, discernment checks itself. Song says you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. You better check yourself before you riggedy wreck yourself. That's all we can say in church. Some with your health, I don't know. Watch, say discernment. Okay, all right, all right. That, that's what we ended last week. Let me move on because I could spend a whole lot of time there. Because watch this. Most individuals are simply repetition of spirits that have been here. <laughs> last week we talked about the spirit of Jezebel and we dealt, dealt with the spirit of Ahab. We talked about lots of different spirits. Many people are only carriers of something that was successful in previous generations. And it worked on the, your mama, it worked on her mama, it worked on her mama, and so then it just reproduces itself, puts it in a new body, and shows up as a millennial version of your mama now. Your cousin now. Okay. Say discernment. Discernment is when you'll be able to sense, watch this, why someone's doing something. See, check this out. Um, you ever got a gift from somebody? Watch this. Touch the name and say, this is about to go in real fast. About the ride time to a real fast. You ever got a gift from somebody? Watch this. And you're like, how nice. And the gift they gave you shifted your view of them because you had begun to develop one particular view, but the gift softened your view, only to recognize at the end that the gift was sent as a manipulation tool. <laughs> Can I preach? I told you I was going to go up. 
when, when Jesus was dealing with Judas, Judas, watch this, when he was about to betray him, Judas shows up as a friend, and Judas shows up, what does he do? He gives Jesus a kiss. Why? To try to dis disarm Jesus so Jesus won't have up his full armor in order to fight because he's about to try to take him down. Sometimes, watch this, you need discernment to sense the why behind a good what. Why'd you get me that? Why'd you send me that text? Some of y'all be acting brand new in the DMs. Why do they keep bringing you around their family? I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying discernment has the ability to see the why behind the what. Discernment senses the why behind the what. Sometimes people will do nice things, just like Judas did to Jesus, but it was designed to try to disarm Jesus and get Jesus emotional so that Jesus wouldn't do what he needed to do, which was curse Judas. It's too deep. Move on. Next, 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 gift of tongues. Okay, I'm moving quick so I can get it done. Say tongues. <laughs> now, you have unknown tongues. That's your prayer language. Okay? So when I say praying the Holy Ghost, that's what I'm talking about. Praying in tongues, that's what I'm talking about. That's called unknown tongues. It's unknown to you. It's a language of heaven. The only understanding party of that language is God. So check it out. You're filled with his spirit. Then his spirit gives you a way to communicate directly with him that bypasses your mind. See, the gift of tongues is powerful because there's certain stuff you won't pray. And when you speak it, when you pray in an unknown tongue or pray in the Holy Ghost, when you're praying, you're literally praying God's perfect will for you. And God's perfect will often transcends your ability to fathom. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying for stuff that you would never normally pray for if you knew what you were praying for. Amen. So when you pray in the Holy Ghost, the, uh, the scripture says that I pray in the Holy Ghost, building myself up. When you pray in an unknown tongue, it is God communicating directly with himself and cutting you out. Your mind doesn't have the ability to even understand what you're saying, and that's on purpose, okay? So if you've ever said something, I don't know what I'm saying. That's the whole idea. I can't figure it out. You're not supposed to. Well, mine don't sound like his. It's not supposed to. So, okay, it's a direct prayer language between you and God. Y'all remember dial-up? America Online. And remember, if you was on the internet... And somebody else picked up the phone and used the middle of a download that took four hours. <laughs> Some of y'all remember getting them CDs on Sunday morning after church in the newspaper. Starting a brand new account every time to take advantage of your thousand hours. Only a few people remember that, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's this? What's this? It's a direct language. It's a direct line of communication between you and God. Then you have uh, other languages as tongues. This is what happened in the book of Acts. If you grew up in a Pentecostal church, they taught you for years that the book of Acts, everybody started praying in the Holy Ghost. Everybody prayed in the Holy That is not what happened in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, the Bible says they were speaking in other languages. Okay? This is the second type of tongue. Where God will give you the ability to speak a language you've never heard in order to further the gospel. 
This is very rare today as it relates to spoken languages, Italian, Mandarin, et cetera, et cetera, because uh, of, of globalization. But watch this. It, it's got a deeper meaning. You may not know how to speak the language of the boardroom, but when you've got the gift of tongues, God will give you the tongue of the learned to walk in a room with people you don't even think you're qualified to sit in that room with and be able to speak that language. Touch your neighbor and say, he'll give me the language I need. You, you may not know how to speak financial language, but you'll sit down with the banker and all of a sudden things will start coming out of you and you'll say, where in the world is this coming from? He'll give you the tongue of the Lord, he's, the scripture says. Final type of tongue is prophetic tongues. This is where someone's speaking in an unknown tongue and somebody interprets. Okay? All right? And, uh, and so when somebody interprets it, it's not translation. So it's not, God is good. That's not how it works. It's an interpretation of the tongue, just like interpretive dance, you know? All is here, they'd be interpreted and all that. And so, okay, it's, it's, that's the concept. There's three divisions to that gift of tongue. Okay? Here's why you should want that, and I'm going to deal with this more over the next couple of messages. Is because, watch this, when you pray, there's a limit, and the limit is you. When you pray in an unknown tongue, there is no limit because it is God talking to himself. That's why you'll feel strong after you prayed in the Holy Ghost. You're like, I don't even know why I feel so strong. It's because God was like, you have no clue what we just finished saying. If you knew what we just finished praying, you'd probably be like, oh, God, this is crazy. Because when you start talking directly to God, God stops talking about little stuff. He starts talking about big stuff. So you're just trying to figure out what you're going to do for the next few days. God says, you just pray the 30-year plan. I'm not hearing what I'm saying. God says, God says, what I just prayed for you is something far exceeding. You were praying to get out the storm. I prayed for him to turn it up because in the turn up, it's going to be something great coming out of that. All right? All right, let me move so I'm running time. Y'all still with me? All right, watch this. All right, uh, and then uh, here's the last of these manifestational gifts, the interpretation of tongues, and I've already explained to you what that is. All right? So those are the manifestational gifts. Say, Lord, manifest yourself. Okay? Say it one more time. Say, Lord, manifest yourself. So the way the manifestational gifts work is God says, I want to show you more of me. And to show you more of me, I'll do it through these gifts. So you'll know that I'm a miracle worker because I'll work a miracle. You'll know that I'm a healer because I'll heal. You'll know that I have the ability to change you because I'll do it. You'll know because I'll manifest myself. Here, here's, here's the next set. Say, uh, uh, say motivational. Now, these appear in 1 Corinthians 12, 28 and Romans 12, 6. I know tonight's message is really pedagogical and very scholastic in nature, like, you know, schoolhouse rock. You got to write it down. You know, I'm only a bill sitting on Capitol Hill. You remember that? I'm only a bill. You remember that? Okay. All right. And so, uh, but well, I'll shout you in a minute. Say, shout me in a minute, Bishop. God just wants you to learn something first. You know more now than 90% of most church folk. Because as far as they're concerned, the day of Pentecost, everybody was, hey, glory, shandakabahasha. They didn't even realize there was other languages being spoken there. So someone who had never been to Italy was speaking Italian. Someone that had never been uh, to Germany was speaking German. That's what the scripture says in Acts chapter 2. They were speaking languages they'd never learned. Okay? God says, I'm so powerful on the spot. I'll teach you something that you've never even sat down to learn. That's why you keep finding yourself in new situations. God says, let me teach you something that you've never even sat down to learn. 
right? Now, here's a motivational gift. These are gifts that are, bu- are built into you. Real quick, 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. It's apostle church, not apostle. Do not wear no harvest shirt or bracelet or nothing with the V on it and say apostle. Okay, online peoples, apostle. <laughs> First, apostles. <laughs> Second, prophets. Third, teachers. Now, let me give you this. Teachers deal with truth. Okay, the gift to teach is about knowing truth. They're truth-oriented. Okay, I've already explained the other one, so that's why I'm hitting that. We've already talked about miracles. Uh, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations. Okay, so help deals with serving. Okay, somebody say, I need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Administration, that deals with leading. You know, there's a reason some people can't lead. They're not gifted to. Here's what I've discovered. It doesn't matter how much you pour. If somebody can't lead, they just can't lead. Okay? They're always blaming other people. Blaming this, blaming that, blaming that. If they can't lead, they just can't lead. It's a gift. So it's a gift. It's a gift, watch this, to be organized. How many people, you're, you're gifted in this way, and you took the test, and you, the test confirms it? Not your other friends that are disorganized saying you're the most organized friend. <laughs> you think they're okay? And somebody's like, no, all my friends tell me I'm organized. But the test say, though. Okay, check this out. So to you, other people who aren't like you, you look at it like, what's the problem? It's because they're not gifted that way. So you can get mad at them all day. Why can't you organize yourself? Put the paper down. Set it together. Move. Get out the way. Just don't have the gift. Here's the cool thing. But gifts can be developed. So don't use it as a reason because some of y'all are like, see? <laughs> some of y'all thought you got off, right? No, gifts can be developed, okay? They can get better. <laughs> there are varieties of tongues. Romans 12, 6. I'm going to move real fast so I don't lose time, all right? Having then gifts differing according to the grace given to us, let us use them or deploy them. If prophecy, we've already dealt with that. Uh, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Seven, ministry, that deals with serving. Ministry is serving. People who serve are task-oriented. Okay? They get tasks done. They can't manage people. They get tasks done, though. Okay? That's their strength. Their strength is here. Do this. Got it. Do this. Got it. Do this. Got it. Telling people what to do. Huh? <laughs> Go organize that team because they're just doing too much. But they didn't want to do it. <laughs> well, how do you know? Well, when I walked over there, didn't nobody say nothing. Are you catching the point? See, sometimes you try to figure out why people are like, what is the problem? And sometimes you get frustrated at people because they're just simply not gifted yet to do what you need them to do. Are you getting it? All right, all right, all right let's move, let's move, let's move. I know it's, I know it's scholastic, but I got to get it to you. Uh, he who teaches in teaching, truth oriented, we already dealt with that. Verse 8, he who exhorts. In exhortation, that's growth consciousness. The gift of exhortation is a desire to want to see people grow. Okay? Exhortation is always encouraging people. Hey, good job today. And have you ever met some people who can't give a compliment for nothing? They can't say good job for nothing. They won't give you a thumbs up. They won't smile. They won't say no. They can't compliment you for nothing. Exhortation is always complimenting you. Hey, 
You didn't sing any of that song right today. You didn't know none of the notes. You didn't know none of the words. <laughs> Big up, though. I'm just, I'm just using that. I'm just using that. Okay. <laughs> Problem with being someone who's gifted to exhort is that you will never always fully be honest. Because exhortation can be untamed. And untamed exhortation tells people they're great when they're not. See, some of y'all get mad at people who don't, who don't do certain things in life, but it's because you never were honest about their performance with them. So you're like, oh, you're an awesome friend. Oh, you're so awesome because you gave me five bucks. Awesome friend. Oh, you're so awesome. And you didn't tell them. Man, look, thank you. But I'm going to need you to be consistent, and I'm going to need you to communicate, and I'm going to need you to, the way I fight and defend you, that's the way I'm going to need you to fight and defend me. Okay? So when exhortation's untamed, sometimes exhortations go too far. Dang it, I'm out of time. All right, see, this is why I was just trying to talk, because if I preach it, we'd still be up at discernment. <laughs> he who gives with liberality. The gift of giving is stewardship conscious. People who are gifted this way, and if you're like, Bishop, what are my gifts? We, we text it, or we... Mobile pushed it to you last Wednesday, so you can take it. It's on our website. It's in our app. All right. The gift of giving is not giving in church the way we think of it. The gift of giving is somebody who says, here's how giving works. I don't want to be known for giving, but I see there's a need there or there. I don't need no credit. In fact, I don't want no credit. In fact, I'll just give cash so you don't even know who I am. <laughs> See, the gift of giving is stewardship conscious. See, when you have the gift of giving, you pay attention to what other people do with their money. Okay? It means you're mindful of how people steward over resources, how they manage resources. Okay? All right, let me move on. Y'all still with me, church? All right, here's the gift. Uh, here's the next one. He who leads with diligence. Okay, this, this ties back into administration. Okay, uh, he who leads with zeal, as English Standard Version says, or diligence, English Standard uh, Version says. Uh, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Can I spend two seconds on mercy? Um, how many people, you have a high gift of mercy based on the test? Okay, all right. Oh, okay. That explains a lot. I mean, used to have a high gift of mercy. Okay, all right. Here's the trip about mercy. Mercy is when you block something good. We're going to ride in a second here. Mercy uh, is when you block something bad from happening to someone that deserves it. Here's mercy. I should cut you off. But I'm going to give you one more chance. Ricky, Ricky. Mercy says... I should cut you off, but I'm going to give you one more chance. Okay? Give me one more chance. Give me, give me, give me one more chance. Okay. Look, here's the problem with unrestrained mercy. And listen to me, church. Watch me, Tony, so I don't fall. This hasn't been rated to handle a human. But can we just talk for a minute? For years, 
I had unrestrained mercy. Unrestrained mercy. People would do things, but because of my love and my mercy, I would overlook it. I'd overlook it. People lie. And I'd overlook it. Don't lie no more. I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm going to speak in the fourth kind of tongues, known tongues. <laughs> You'll find, figure that out on the way home. People would do certain things. They'd show me clearly they had no honor, respect, love. And I'd say, well, they just don't know. They ain't been trained. They didn't have nobody to teach them. I would just, I just, I did. And I kept finding myself in these situations where my mercy was being abused. And so I'd get mad at people. And can I be honest? I'd get mad at God. Like, God, how did you let this happen? He said, son, that's all you. I told you some people ain't nothing but pigs and dogs. You the one that thought you was the dog whisperer. Bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, bow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay. Stay with me. Sweeten it up for me. When mercy's unrestrained Wednesday, you will often do things that you call God that are really your unrestrained gift of mercy. You will let people, watch this, you will let people, I can't say that, put warm liquids on your leg. And tell you ain't nothing but hot water. It has a different color than water. Has a different aroma than water. Here's the danger with unrestrained mercy. It can make you bitter because you, watch this, I'm talking to somebody tonight because you've done all of these things and check this out, and the danger with unrestrained mercy is you rarely reap it from the people you sow it to. So, so you'll just keep doing it and doing it and you just keep doing it and you're like, God, what's up with this? And God's like, that's you. That is not me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Say, Lord, if mercy is my top gift, deliver me from unrestrained mercy. All right, all right, all right. And the last set of gifts here, Ephesians 4.11. I'm just going to tell you what they are. Would you, would you put your hands up? Put your hands in the air. You're a true saint. Thumb. Can you see the thumbs? Apostle. Foundation. Okay. Point a finger. It's okay. You can point at me. It's all right. Won't even report you. Prophecy, correction, direction. Will you put out your middle finger for me? Long finger. This is a gift of evangelism to reach. Some of y'all got confused. <laughs> about your middle finger. You, you put them down. Somebody just pulled them down and looked like a... That's evangelism. Would you put out your next finger for me? The ring finger. Okay? The pastor's married to those that he leads. Not literally. And then finally, the teacher. You cannot grasp anything without truth fully. That's five-fold ministry, okay? You can put your hands down. All of those gifts um, make up the spiritual gifts. 
And God has given you those gifts. One, they can be desired. So if you don't have one of those gifts and you want one, you want to know something? You can desire it. Then, after desiring it, it has to be developed. After being developed, it has to be deployed. Say, I got to use what I got to get what I want. Come on here. All right. Now, here's what I want to do to seal this experience. Um, I want you to just right there in your seat, would you lay your hands on yourself? Say, there's a treasure in me. Wisdom from my wounds. Come on, talk wisdom. Say, wisdom from my wounds. Lessons from my losses and my spiritual gifts. That treasure that's in me has to be unwrapped. You desire to use me to change the lives of other people. And tonight, I commit, that's what I'll do. In Jesus' name. So let me give you some homework Wednesday. If you've never taken the test, it's in our app, and it's on our website. Take the test. Somebody say, take the test. Don't be thinking you're gifted because you like the sound of some of them. A lot of people like the sound of prophecy, and then when they take the test, prophecy is negative four. Okay, take the test so that you know how you're gifted. Then correspond that to how you've been afflicted, and your whole life will make sense. Your whole life will make sense. Okay? Your whole life will make sense. I said your whole life will make sense. I said your whole life will make sense. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word DECISION to the phone number 59769. And when you do, 
I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.